Salutations and Ave. Welcome to Babylon Rising, a podcast about witchcraft, sexuality, and creativity. Before we further explore the main subject of this episode, I would love to remind you to please support the hard work that goes into an episode of this show by either donating a few dollars a month to the podcast Patreon page, that's patreon.com forward slash Babylon Rising, or by instead leaving a rating and review on iTunes, iTunes reviews really help others to find the show, so the project of Babylon Rising can continue to grow, and both types of support do wonders to support the making and production of this show. Please enjoy this episode. This episode of the show... I am very happy to return to the ever-fruitful subject of death in magic, and I would specifically like to talk to you about the subject of death rituals, and I'm not sure of a better name to refer to this subject because I am not really talking about funerary practices, which are also a type of death ritual. Um, But instead, I would like to discuss rituals that we can perform as practitioners, as magicians or occultists, etc. That instead of being meant to specifically honor our previously living ancestors or to pay respects to our deceased loved ones, I would like to discuss rituals which allow us to spiritually or ritually die, either to help us to prepare our minds and bodies for our own eventual and inevitable death, or in order to achieve some other um, magical goal. And that's what I want to talk about. And I'm definitely lacking in a great name for what I meant to be talking about. And so uh, until that better name uh, appears to me in a dream, I will just be referring to this type of magical practice as death rituals. And I have been really curious about the idea of a death ritual for a while now. Just the idea of performing my own death uh, within the course of my lifetime in this uh, magical context just seems like a good idea in principle as someone who, you know, one important goal in life is that I want to die peacefully. I And part of dying peacefully for me is not living in fear of my own death. And so the idea of being able to prepare my mind for this death sounds like a great idea to me. I definitely live in a world where, and I'm sure you do as well, it's very common for people to 
live as though death does not exist until it rolls around and smacks you in the face and a loved one or a friend uh, or a romantic partner, whoever passes away finally. And I don't want to live like that. Not only do I not want to live um, in fear or denial of my own death, I don't want to live in fear and denial of the death of my friends and family. I don't want those experiences to be a surprise to me because they shouldn't be. It is inevitable that I and everyone I have ever loved or will ever love will experience some kind of bodily death where, you know, our physical incarnations in this moment cease functioning and whatever happens, happens, you know? And I just think, of course, funerary practices play a role in these sorts of ideals that I have. And funerary practices are, of course, going to be worth discussing. Um, Other types of necromancy, communication with the dead, definitely subjects worth discussing in their own right. But I want to talk about um, death rituals, of which there are a few which I'm familiar with, and I will bring up this episode to sort of discuss and dig into. In preparation for this episode, I read a really great article by Myron M. Beasley about their study of ritual performances involving death and eroticism in Haitian voodoo, which was a really great read that I highly recommend and will most likely be linked in the episode description. So go check that out if you're curious, but I will be discussing what I sort of learned from that article here. Something I found really interesting was the way that sexuality really entwines with these types of death rituals, and the author of the article describes a ritual he witnessed where uh, somebody became possessed with uh, Gid, the spirit of death, or the Loa of death, and gave prophecy to people and gave readings to people. Um, And then this ritual involved this person masturbating with hot sauce. So this sort of sexuality is an implicit part of death rituals of this kind. There's also the fact that the symbol of this loa is an erect penis. And so the way that sexuality is implicit in death in death rituals is of course very interesting this article also focused a lot on the themes of trash and things being discarded also being the gateway to death and life at the same time um and discussed uh, these themes with a few different people that he mentions in the article. Uh, so like I mentioned, it's definitely, definitely worth the read. Um, fortune telling with human remains, uh, masturbation in graveyards, uh, creating spiritual effigies out of garbage, 
these are all really interesting ideas and elements of some of the death rituals that the author came across. Um, it's no surprise that we have another example of the cultural entwinement of sex and death and spirituality. Uh, you have also examples of this in the way people discuss orgasm, especially us magicians, uh, especially if you are interested in sex magic or chaos magic in general. It is pretty common practice that there's something about an orgasm, there's something about sexual release, which is connected to a type of spiritual death um, and can be used as a key to unlock whatever kind of manifestations you're looking for or a gateway to another world, even. So not really surprised. This leads me into another type of death ritual, which I am interested in discussing on this episode, which is the death posture, which I first learned about the first time I read um, Liver, Nolan, Psychonaut by Peter J. Carroll. And from what I understand was something that comes from the works of Austin Osmond Spare. So, yeah. <laughs> so when I first read about the death posture and sort of became familiar with the idea, what I understood was that the death posture is the idea of this capturing this moment of this like sort of weird spiritual death that you can trigger within yourself that can be used to uh, sort of power up your magic. So it's not exactly that this ritual is a death ritual in the sense that we are using this type of magic to directly confront uh, our own imminent demise. But I think it's interesting to think about in that context because it is, I think, worth as practitioners taking advantage of the little spiritual deaths we die all the time um, as a sort of way to acknowledge and appreciate that um, death doesn't have to be such a foreign concept it doesn't have to feel so apart from us or otherworldly or distant uh and it can be a part of our everyday lives and it honestly is i mean most people eat some kind of meat or animal product and step on bugs and squish flies and i don't know cut their hair or clip their nails or whatever else so death is so much a part of our lives. You know, I had a pothos plant that I killed <laughs> and I can appreciate that moment for what it is. Another, another way that death has touched my life, <laughs> you know? And so I think it's interesting to take advantage of practices like engaging with some kind of death posture which, you know, you can make up your own death posture. It doesn't have to be. Um, I think what I read about in Liberal and Psychonaut was 
that you curl up in a fetal position and cover your eyes, ears, and I think mouth. Basically, you like cover your face and you curl up in a fetal position and you take advantage of this to engage with your spiritual death and enter into your required altered state of consciousness for the sake of your magic, right? Um, There's also, you know, the idea of laying down... I mean, there are also rituals, which this is getting a bit more into necromancy, where you lay down in a graveyard um, and you sort of slip into this other mindset where you are liking your you're like the death, the dead, sorry, in that moment. And so it is easier to communicate with them. So there's that aspect. Or like, I love the idea of sort of uh, ritually laying down in some kind of ceremonial coffin um, and being covered with some kind of ritual death shroud. And I love all of these ideas because... There's so much uh, utility for these types of practices in magic. Uh, Necromancy, speaking to and commanding the dead, which, I mean, are always worth a bit of conversation. (laughs) And also, from a chaos magician's perspective, for the sake of powering up your spells... Or for the sake of someone who wants to be more death positive um, and who is interested in welcoming death like an old friend. I think, and I definitely didn't consider this before, but in reading some of the stuff I've read in preparation for this episode, I think orgasm really should count as its own type of death posture. Um, I mean, why wouldn't it? It is this weird spiritual death that is, I mean, mostly pretty accessible. There's also the good old-fashioned staring into the mirror for a long time, which I, (laughs) this is stupid, but I no longer uh, really play around with mirrors. Not because I'm like super superstitious about mirrors and I think every mirror is a portal to the demon realm. Um, It's just because I have always spoken to myself. And I mean, I'm kind of speaking to myself right now. That's why I podcast because I can put this flapping of my jaws to good use instead of talking to myself, which is what I most likely would have done instead. But um, I'm getting around the bend to say that because I've always had this habit of speaking to myself, what I used to do um, mostly as a kid and preteen is speak to myself in the mirror Uh, and it started getting creepy (laughs) and I started freaking myself out a lot, but taking advantage of just staring into your own eyes for the sake of your magic is also a good idea. And thinking about, I think a good death ritual puts you in touch with the spirituality of the physical body. I think it's very common to want to do things like astral project or focus on more celestial forms of magic. I know that, especially in my um, 
more apocalyptic mindsets, I tend to focus more on celestial magic, the magic of the stars and the um, celestial satellites, like the moon, I mean, and think about the universe and the planets and other dimensions and such because it seems so much so that this world is forsaken um but that doesn't mean and i mean i don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with engaging with um a more celestial mindset especially in the face of what is looking quite like doom for this planet not gonna lie um, it is still very important to be in touch with with our own physical natures and recognizing the, I don't know, spiritual implications and magical potential of our physical bodies. Um, astral project all you like. I mean, more often than not, you're going to make your way back into your physical body and that has its own kind of magical power to it. And our whole body is not just, you know, I like this part of my body. And by that, I mean the focus on the mind in terms of the mind body spirit connection. There is definitely a uh, importance placed on the mind or the spirit over the body when all of these aspects of our existence are happening all at once, all in one moment at the same time. Um, And so This is also a part of an sort of related lesson I had to learn about magic, which is that um, part of the utility of magic is that we can make the world a different place, that we can use these powers to change our lives and the lives of those around us. And it doesn't do uh, the most good to float up through the cosmos and see other realms and that stuff is great and I love that stuff but it is it serves a function insofar as it allows us to bring those lessons and those gifts with us to the world the material world that we live in and part of this material world we live in is that we will die and like I've said so many times before, I just would prefer to greet death like an old friend, you know? Uh, Recently, my maternal uh, grandfather passed away, and he's dead, and it was um, a difficult situation, less Less because he died, like if he had just died in a vacuum, I don't think the situation would have been so tumultuous, but because of the kind of family drama that comes up anytime anybody in any given family passes away, um, responsibilities, memories, old grudges that haven't been settled even in death, uh, of course, finances and money and insurance issues. And, uh, this is sort of the first death of a close family member that I have experienced, really. And so it's giving me the impression that, uh, death is never going to be 
as neat and tidy as I hope mine will be. I mean, at least I'll be dead and not have to really deal with any of the responsibilities that fall to living family members when loved ones die. But uh, I don't want, I don't want my own death to be a tumultuous explosion of family grudges and feuds and financial issues, you know? I try to, and in my quest for death positivity, I try to, like, bring up the fact that I'm going to die in sort of small ways and small parts of conversations. My mom and I often talk about how close we are with one another and one or the other will talk about wanting to have our close relationship forever for as long as possible um and i sometimes bring up the fact that death is going to be a part of that relationship and it's not going to be the same forever because one of us will die um but i mean i'm sort of getting off track here in discussing death positivity and dealing with the realities of death but death rituals can allow us to sort of in small doses come into contact with our deaths in a magical way you know in a way that allows us to access otherworldly knowledge about ourselves or the world around us and i just think that's really important so if you've never before uh engaged with something like the death posture for that purpose um i suggest it uh i mean be safe you know don't like accidentally suffocate yourself to death please uh these are these are magical rituals that are not meant to uh be fatal so keep that in mind and be careful don't like cover your head with a plastic bag and like suffocate to death um <laughs> but what i'm trying to say is that i don't know lay um I think a good one is to like lay upside down on your bed, like where you put your head and feet, like switch them up and just like lay down and like cover your face and just like think about the implications of your death uh, in a spiritual context, you know? Um, that's also a trick people use for astral projecting. So that might also happen. But yeah, highly recommend the old put your head where your feet go and your feet where your head go. I also recommend not using a pillow uh, and then covering your head with a light fabric. I don't know, uh, like your blanket or whatever you have. I'm definitely a habitual blanket overhead sleeper. So <laughs> keep that in mind. Um, what else are good practices? There's also the, the, the good old lay down in the fetal position while covering your eyes and ears and everything that's more about sensory deprivation though i mean most of these practices are i think instead of trying to find something to cover your head or face in when you're getting into a fetal position because it's easier it's harder to have just like a light fabric to put over your face i suggest just being in the dark just like curl up into a ball and like lay in the dark laying down in weird places in general like you don't necessarily have to go to uh, the local graveyard and lay on some people's graves because that could get you in trouble. Um, but just like laying in weird places, like laying down on the floor, 
not that it has to be like super duper uncomfortable like maybe if you're laying on the floor and, and you have like a meditation cushion like put that under your head but laying on the floor is a good one uh every once in a while i like move my bed around in my room uh just to like shake things up and sort of change the flow of space especially since i spend a lot of time on my bed not just sleeping in fact i am on my bed right now recording this episode even though i have a perfectly good actual desk i have a little bed desk that i use anyways talking about these types of rituals and incorporating masturbation sexual pleasure or orgasm into works of necromancy um i think you know in my experience you can speak to demons whose office is uh sexual pleasure or any succubi or succubus um and discuss with them um necromancy and working with the dead um it is for the most part a good idea to when coming into contact with spirits of the dead have sort of the assistance or support from uh sort of greater spirits who have some kind of power over the dead this is a good idea just it gives some mental assurance to you and your uh practice so that's a good idea and so uh discussing with sexual spirits death and discussing with death spirits sexuality is a good idea i mean obviously it's a discussion with your spirits so maybe uh one spirit of the dead you work with will be like nah man but another one will be like open to assisting you with this practice right and like i got into all throughout this episode discussing the sort of my ideal benefits of these types of practices but yeah i mean like i said if lying down in random graveyards or masturbating in random graveyards is going to get you in trouble feel free to not do that. But I mean, you can evoke uh, like necromantic energies into wherever you are. You can create your own um, graveyard dirt yourself. And, you know, similar such practices to sort of combine, combine sex and death, which I mean, kind of naturally go together in a lot of ways. Um, So I think that is a good place to start if you're looking to more intentionally work some kind of death ritual into your practice. Um, I mean, you can do regular old necromancy, but like there's a lot of intersection between necromancy and funerary practices and also the kinds of performative death rituals, which I have a particular interest in. So there's that. I mean, wrapping yourself, like mummifying yourself in a blanket and laying on the floor and and performing some kind of meditation that way. Um, Masturbating in view of yourself in a mirror. I mean, that one's a little intense, especially if you have some kind of um, challenges with your body image. I mean, be careful. But I've mentioned a number of times on this show in so many different ways that magical practices are dangerous and should be approached with that danger in mind and sort of 
uh, you need to assess what kinds of dangers you're willing to engage with. You don't want to break your mind or, you know, get hurt using some herbs that you're not familiar with and stuff like that. So do be careful. But I think it's worth considering how performing death in these ways can benefit you and your practice. So we have now reached the very end of this episode of the show. If you have any questions or concerns, you can find me on Instagram where I basically live. My Instagram page is called venus.libitna, or you can always email me at babylonrisingpodcast at gmail.com. If you're interested in the kind of spiritual insights I provide on the show, but you'd like a more personal take, you can have me perform a tarot reading for you. I provide tarot readings on my Etsy page, that's Red Revelations Tarot, and that is also always linked in the episode description. Thank you so, so much to current patrons for helping to support the show. And listeners, please feel free to support the show by either leaving a rating and review on iTunes, or if you would like to become a patron and have some money to spare, you can always donate $3 a month to the Patreon page where you get early access and bonus episodes. Both types of support really, truly help keep Babylon Rising on the net. Those links and more are always in the episode show notes, so feel free to check it out. Until next time, Ave Babylon. Babylon.